Hello and welcome everybody. I want to say hello to those who are listening to our podcast today. This is the Patriot Preacher Podcast. My name is Dan Fraley. And today I'm with, I'm at the Tri-City School of Preaching and Christian Development with uh, Brother Wesley Simons. Wesley, could you tell him a little bit about yourself? Well, Dan, I'm the director of the Tri-City School of Preaching. I was a preacher here at Stony Creek for 27 and a half years. I've been preaching for about 51 years and thoroughly enjoy it. There's nothing greater than the study of the Word of God. But the best thing that can be said down about anybody, he loves God, he loves the truth, and he preaches the truth. I appreciate that uh, so much. And that's reason why one of the reasons why I come here to this school. I'm a graduate of this school, in case people didn't know that. I know we've got several podcasts already. This is actually the first time I've gotten to come down here and do a podcast, and I hope to get many more done. Uh, Wesley, what are we going to be talking about today? Well, Dan, we're going to be talking about the problem of evil. You know, the atheists say, well, if there's a God, and he's all good, he's all benevolent, and he's all powerful, then why all the evil in the world? For instance, Dan, if you saw an individual going to rape and kill a little six-year-old girl, and you had a double-barrel shotgun, you'd stop it, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Yes. All right. They contend that goes on all over the world. But God doesn't stop it. And according to Dan and those who believe in God, their God is supposed to be all-loving, all-powerful, and all-knowing. Well, if he's all-loving, all-powerful, and all-knowing, why doesn't he stop it? And they contend, well, here's why. Either he's not all-loving, or he's not all-powerful, or he's not all-knowing. And if he's deficient in one of those attributes, then he cannot be the God that they proclaim that he is. Therefore, there's not a God. And they boast of that argument. And they say, man, there's the argument that proves there is no God. I don't know how many of you remember Pernell Roberts, Adam, on Bonanza. Adam did not believe in God because he said if God was all good, all this evil wouldn't be going on. I said, Adam, actually, it's Purnell. He said, look at all the evil. A man on Signal Mountain where I was reared, when we tried to talk to him about God, made it plain. He didn't believe in God because if there was a God in heaven, you wouldn't have all this evil and ungodliness. So the atheists really think they got him an argument. When they contend that here's a little six-year-old girl going to be raped and killed, and Dan, the God of heaven, will do nothing about it. Well, I'm sure we have, well, that's not the truth. We know that's not the truth. Uh, when we talk about 
the problem of evil, there are many solutions. I would say, if we're talking about the problem of good and evil, some of the things that you mentioned are the perfect are the perfect argument for God. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, and we'll demonstrate that. And let me demonstrate it this way. We'd ask the atheist a question, and that question is, did moral value exist before the first human being evolved? And you know what they got to say? No. Wait a minute. You mean to tell me moral value is simply the product of the human mind, and that's all it is? Well, if that's the case, then what is wrong with a man raping a six-year-old girl and killing her? Because, see, that's his moral value. That's the product of his mind. Who is to say he's wrong? See, if moral value is simply the product of the human mind, whatever you think is right is right. Whatever you think is wrong is wrong. Well, it may disagree with your next-door neighbor, but that's all right. Both of you are right. No, friends, that's not the way moral value works. Tom Warren asked Anthony Flew in a debate, did the Nazis do real, objective, moral wrong in putting to death six million Jews? Well, he had to say yes, but there's no way he could ground it. You see, the Nazis did not violate German law. They did not violate American law. They did not violate English law. Well, when they were tried, the prosecutor said, we must appeal to a higher law. Well, our question is, what is that higher law? And that higher law is the law of God. Let's put it this way, friends. If an individual or a community can be judged objectively by a moral standard, then there is a God in heaven. You see, otherwise, it's just your opinion and mine. I asked an atheist one time, I said, let me ask you something. If there was no law in America against raping a little six-year-old girl, would that be all right? He said, well, yeah. What would be wrong with it? See, now he's trying to be consistent because he realizes that moral value is the product of the human mind. And so when the atheists, Dan, think they got a real argument on this problem of evil, what they're doing is proving there's a God in heaven. Yeah, absolutely. It makes me think of a couple of conversations that I've had about this topic. One recently I mentioned to you earlier about, well, if, you, if they're going to come over, talking about illegal aliens, if they're going to come over illegally, why don't you just make it legal? <laughs> So that's really no argument at all. I could right. easily say, well, if if uh, if murder is illegal, why don't you just make it legal? It doesn't make it, you know, what necessarily is legal doesn't make it morally right. 
And so I think that's what we have to do is go to a higher moral law, and that's what and that's found in the Bible, right? Absolutely. As a matter of fact, if you'll look at the statutes that we have in America on what constitutes violating law, nearly every one of them come right out of the Word of God. You know why? Moral goodness, moral soundness, comes from the very nature of God. When you get away from that, friends, you're getting away from a good, honest, righteous society. That's what's wrong with America right now. See, the Bible teaches it's not in man that walketh to direct his own steps. Well, we're trying to do that. We've kicked God out of our schools, out of our homes, and most churches out of the churches. And then we wonder why we have all the drug use that we got, drive-by shootings, marriage, divorce, and remarriage like it is today in America. Well, it's because we have no place for God. Now, friends, that which will cure America is turning back to God. God said concerning his own people no long ago, my people are destroyed for a lack of knowledge. Read Hosea 4. And you'll see that because of a lack of knowledge, God's own people was being destroyed. Well, that's, that's what's sorry. happening to America. Go ahead, Dan. I was just going to read that verse for you. It says here, uh, Hear the word of the Lord, ye children of Israel, for the Lord hath a controversy with the inhabitants of the land. Because there is no uh, truth, there is no truth, there is no mercy nor knowledge of God in the land. And then you get down to verse 6, that's Hosea chapter 4 verse 1. You get down to verse 6 and it says, My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge because thou hast rejected knowledge. Now it's not whether or not they liked or didn't like what they hear, they just flat out rejected knowledge. I, he says, I will also reject thee that thou shalt be no priest to see me, uh, no priest to me, seeing thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I will also forget thy children. That's right. And in Jeremiah 10, 23, O Lord, I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his own steps. And yet, this is what the atheist is trying to do, but it will not work. I was just going to mention a verse. Um, a lot of people misunderstand and misinterpret it. It comes out of Romans chapter 3 concerning moral law, where it comes from. And so we know as Christians that we are under faith, and I could go to John chapter 17, but when I read Romans chapter 3 and verse 27 where it says, where is boasting then? It is excluded. By what law? That the, even the rhetorical question or the question that he's asking implies that there is a law that exists outside of himself that was given to him, does it not? That's right. Sure does. And then if you read on, it says, by what law of works? Nay, but by the law of faith. So even in the Old Testament, they had a moral law that God had given them and it's the same thing. It's no different than today. Uh, the law is different, but the fact that we are under a higher moral law, when in that respect, it is no different, right? That's exactly right. 
So don't let the atheist shake you up when they use their only argument, and this is the only one they got, the argument on evil. When they talk about that little six-year-old girl being raped, and boy, that touches the heartstrings of all of us. You mean to tell me the God of heaven will let a little six-year-old girl be raped and a man get by with it? Oh, no, he's not going to get by with it. There's a judgment day coming. Well, why don't God strike him dead? Well, if God struck everybody dead that did wrong, there'd be nobody living. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3.23. So all of us are sinners. We need to be redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. And so then, the argument on evil does not prove there's no God, it proves there is a God, because there's no such thing as objective evil if there's no God to set the standard. And there is a God in heaven that sets that standard. I was just going to read out of the book of Proverbs, uh, you know, the, the understanding of evil and where it comes from, objective evil, not just evil that someone thinks is evil, because the Bible clearly teaches in Isaiah chapter 5 and other places there will be times when people call evil good and good evil. And if, that, of course, becomes a subjective mind that doesn't know the difference, doesn't have the knowledge. Folks, the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter 1 and verse 7, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. If you want to know what objective truth is, if you want to know what objective evil is, if you want to know what objective good is, folks, that's that's the beginning of the you know the fear of the Lord. Proverbs chapter one and verse seven, it says, "But fools despise wisdom and instruction." This is the point where we are today in America. They despise wisdom and instruction. They are relying on their emotions. And just to quote the verse that I was talking about, Isaiah chapter five. Uh, around verse 20 where it says, Woe unto them that call evil good and good evil. Now the Bible makes a clear distinction, Wesley. We are living in a time where this is happening, where people can't tell the difference between good and evil. That's exactly right, Dan. Who had ever thought that in America we'd be facing some of the problems we're facing today? Where an individual don't know whether they're male or female, where males marry males and females marry females. Friends, is there not an objective standard? Now, let's talk about that word objective and subjective. Now, the word objective means outside of ourselves. A thing's either right or wrong, regardless of what all of us think about it. Subjective is... This is what I like. I like apple pie. Dan doesn't. Well, which one's right? Well, both of us. Well, that's what they want to do with morals. Here's a man that likes adultery, but another man doesn't. Well, which one's right? Well, both are right. No. Friends, truth is objective. It is outside of you and me, and I'm talking about biblical truth. God has set a standard where a woe was pronounced, and Dan read it from Isaiah 5, 
upon those who try to call good evil and try to call evil good. If that's not what's taking place in America today, tell me what is. But it's not the first time it's ever taken place. Israel tried the same thing. It didn't work with them, and then it won't work with us. No, you you think about knowledge and how the world, how the United States has been turned upside down. And when I say that, they call evil good and good evil. I think about what Jesus said in John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. Then Jesus said to those Jews which believed on him, If ye continue in my word, just as you pointed out, objective truth outside of ourselves in the Bible, if you continue in my word, then ye are my disciples indeed, and ye shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Now this is very important to understand. Will the truth set us free? Will the truth make us free? Yes, but you have to know it first. You have to have knowledge of the truth, knowledge of what is good, knowledge of where to find good, and knowledge of evil, and and be able to identify it. Would you agree with that? Well, Dan, great Scott. It sounds like you believe truth is absolute and attainable. Absolutely. It sure is. Now, we got people out there in the religious world. They don't even believe truth is absolute and attainable. You mean to tell me the God of heaven is not brilliant enough to write a book to communicate with his creatures, which he created here upon the face of the earth, in such a way that they can understand it? Sure, we can understand it. If we'll simply read the book prayerfully, sincerely, honestly, and take what it's saying. Oh, but that went against what mom and dad's always believed. So what? We want what God says. When I became a child of God, I had to go against what mom and dad believed. I had to go against what most of my kindred believed. But nevertheless, I'm to be honest enough to seek truth by the truth and sell it not, the proverb writer tells us. And so we're to be truth seekers. And God blesses those who are truth seekers. Now, once we find the truth, God wants us to obey that truth. And if we don't obey that truth, we're in trouble again, Dan. Yeah, so obedience and believing are tied together in that sense. Um, I go back to what Jesus said in John chapter 17 when he is one of the reasons why there's so much unbelief, so much, I guess, disparity in calling evil good and good evil when you think about it in that sense is because the world doesn't believe like Jesus commanded them to believe. Uh, when you go back and you read, well, let's just read John chapter 17 and verse 11. He says, Now I am no more in the world, but these are in the world, and I come to thee, Holy Father, keep them uh, through thine own name, those whom thou hast given me, that they may be one. So being uh, you know, truth and having knowledge has a lot to do with being unified speaking the same thing because in these verses here is impl implied that if they are not one 
that the world will not believe. And so I found I had that verse, but John chapter 17 and verse 17 says, Sanctify them through thy truth, thy word is truth. And so that automatically, does that not give us an objective truth that is not in ourselves but found in the word? How in the world can you sanctify someone through truth if truth is not absolute and attainable? How can truth possibly make one free if truth is not absolute and attainable? You see, the Bible teaches clearly that Jesus is the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him, Hebrews 5, 8, and 9. Friends, how can I obey him if I can't understand what he says? i got to be able to read the Bible and to understand it. One of the greatest truths, Dan, I ever learned in my life, the man that converted me, said this, Wesley, whatever God's trying to say to you, he's trying to say to me. Whatever he's trying to say to me, he's trying to say to you. Now, he used John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And he said this, Wesley, if God is trying to say that he loved me so much, he gave his son for me. And if I'll be a believer, I'll have everlasting life. But if I don't, I'll perish. If he's trying to say that to me, and he is, he's also trying to say that to you. For the first time in my life, the Bible took on true meaning. See, I had a Bible beside my bed when I was growing up. Rarely, rarely read it. You know why? Because I went to a church that said that I could read a verse and it say one thing to me, say something else to Dan, something else to the guy across the aisle, and all of us could get something different out of it, and all of us be right. Who wants to read a book like that? But when I found out that God was actually trying to say something to me, then I wanted to read it. I wanted to understand it. I wanted to know his will. Jesus said concerning the Father, not my will be done, but thine. That's got to be our attitude. But if we're going to do his will, we got to know his will. And his will is found in the beautiful pages of God's word there. Yeah, you just made me think of a whole bunch of Bible verses here. And, and it made me think of, why people, you know, people lately have been asking me, when are you going to start doing more podcasts? When are you going to start recording? And I have a couple of people back home lined up. Folks, we do this to glorify God and to teach people his word. Just as Brother Wesley pointed out, he has things that he wants to say to us that are found in his word. Josh, uh, John chapter 12, verse 48 says, He that rejecteth me and receiveth not my words hath one that judgeth him the word that I have spoken, the same shall judge him in the last day. Folks, that is objective truth. That is his word is how we tell the difference between good and evil. And so we're going to wrap up this section right now, uh, but I want you to know that we will be coming back. We're going to be recording more. 
So this is the Patriot Preacher Podcast. Most of the time we talk about uh, politics and religion is, is really the main focus of this podcast. And uh, you can find it on Apple Podcast and Spotify. Folks, I'm Dan Fraley here with Wesley Simons. We're going to sign off, and hopefully we'll be back shortly to uh, talk more about this topic. Thank you, guys.